0: So greetings, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the WIRED podcast. WIRED is a collaboration with the WMU, Lewis Walker Institute, the Western Student Association, and Western's own 89.1 WIDR Kalamazoo. Without any further ado, can I just have everybody that's on just to give greetings and state your name and say hi and and what's been a hi for this week?
1: Sure, I can kick us off. Um, My name's Taylor West. Many of you know me as um, the student body president for WMU, but I'll be wearing, you know, kind of a different hat. And I have been wearing different hats during our conversations, but I'm the, you know, very proud intern for the Lewis Walker Institute um, study of race and ethnic relations. And I'm pumped for today's discussion, I guess, kind of just doing a check in. Um, I'm feeling pretty great. I feel like this week was like, you know, better than a lot of the other weeks I've had. Um but a really big accomplishment for this week for me is that I was nominated and confirmed to be the presidential scholar for the school of social work. Woohoo!
2: Woohoo!
0: Congratulations President West, that is fantastic.
3: Yeah, that's really awesome, Taylor. Hi everyone, I'm Kyle. I I talk too much on air. <laughs> um but yeah, I had a I had a pretty successful week too. I would say a lot of a lot of soul searching, a lot of just good revelations about a lot of different things. So I'm uh, excited for the conversation as well.
0: Fantastic soul searching is good. I like that. I like that. All right, is it just us? Who else do we have on today?
2: I'm here too. I'm Emma Barada. I am the WSA Vice President for Political Affairs. Um, And I would echo Taylor, um, it was a pretty good week this week. I feel like I'm starting to settle into my classes for the semester, starting to settle into a more normal schedule with some in-person classes. So that's really nice to not be like scheduling around my 45 minutes where I can't lay in bed every day. I have actual things to do and places to go. So that's been really nice. Fantastic.
0: Thank you so much, VP Emma. This is fantastic. So glad that you are all joining us today. Um, you know, sometimes you think, "Well, gee, what could we talk about today?" But there's been so much going on, and I think that what the breath of fresh air for me is that so much of what's going on is actually positive for once. So um, I just want to kind of jump into a couple of things that I think are that are occurring that I'd like to get your your thoughts and your opinions on, and and that is, let's start off with the COVID vaccine, okay?
3: We lost you. Oh gosh, she froze. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the COVID vaccine. Can continue your thought, Luchara. Sorry, we lost you there for a we second. We lost
1: you for a second. Um maybe she has to hop out hop back in. Yeah. I'll continue. So we go ahead <laughs> and Emma it can also hop in here because we had a very extensive conversation in our um WSA group chat yesterday about vaccinations. But I've like this has been like the talk of the week, I feel like. Um, vaccinations, my hall director is, so I'm also an RA in, in Ackley Schilling, um, and my hall director and I were talking about it. She is eligible to get it sometime next week. Talk to my mom. She has her appointment set up for next week. So pumped. She's been really anxious about everything pandemic. So I hope that can take some some stress away from her. Like I talked to her yesterday morning. She's like, yeah, my doctor called me and told me I can go to this place to get the vaccine. But I'm like, I don't know. I want to get it, you know, at the place I usually, so I don't know if I'm going to call back. I said, um, you better, what? You better call him back. So she did. And she has an appointment next week. Um, I took, for those who haven't, um, taken the survey on syndicuses, like portal, um, I highly recommend you do that because it shows you kind of which wave it'll have you do like a short little survey and it'll tell you what wave of the vaccine you're eligible for. And I was, cl- I was put in the 1B um, section and that's like opening up next week or the week after. So um, I'll soon be getting communications from syndicues to go over. Um, you don't get it at syndicues, but you get it from a different place in Kalamazoo. And I'll be having that conversation and setting up that appointment soon. So I'm pumped,
0: pumped. <laughs> awesome 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 so um thank you for kind of picking up on that that's really what i wanted to you know kind of get a sense of where are people what are you thinking about this do you know folks that are potentially going to be taking the vaccine i know i scheduled the appointment um for my own mother um this week and she's getting her vaccine next week and she'll have her follow up uh in a couple more weeks which is exciting she's actually getting the um the the Pfizer vaccine, and that one, of course, is literally made in in our backyard, so I'm so excited about that. I also want to talk, though, a little bit about the disparities um, around access to the vaccinations and, um, you know, just how people are responding to, you know, these different, you know, public health um, opportunities, and so um, I just want you to think about you know, historically in the black community, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but um, there've been a lot of communities of color who have been um, taken advantage of in the science realm and as it relates to medicine. And so um, I think there's been a lot of hesitation for people to um, take this vaccine, but now we're at a point where this this is like beyond life or death. You know, we're seeing too many people Losing their lives, regardless of their their ethnic background, regardless of their socioeconomic status, um, and so I just I wanted to kind of bring it up, bring it out, and say, you know, just what what are other people hearing? What are you seeing? What are your thoughts for yourself?
2: Yeah, I can kind of jump in on this a little bit. I was actually having a conversation about this with one of my friends the other day, and kind of like people who, because of their family's experience or like their, I guess just like historical experience with medicine are very hesitant, especially with something that feels like it was developed so quickly. And that like, you know, if you haven't taken the time to like read the science behind it or anything like that, it's really important that we have like figures coming forward to explain like, this is how it works and this is how it was developed. Because I think like in a lot of senses, the more you know about something, the more comfortable you feel with it. Um, So I think that that's really important. Like I was a person where, even though I think a lot of people were frustrated to see like politicians getting it before like the general populace, I was like, I was glad that they were getting it so publicly, because I was like, you know, if somebody who's in like this position of power will stick it in their arm, like, it makes you feel better to do it yourself. But I think like we, someone asked this question when Dr. Rogerio came into our WSA meeting of like, what is Western itself gonna do to like educate people about the vaccine and kind of combat those people who are like fully against the vaccine? Because you know obviously we can't force people to take it but we wanna get to that like 70% number. Um, and they were talking about how they're partnering with like some different um, like organizations that promote like vaccine education and things like that to make sure that as a university, we have a plan to educate people. But I think there really does need to be kind of like a national conversation and a lot of resources put towards educating people. Um, Because there was, I guess I saw kind of like this sentiment from a lot of people that these like weren't tested at the same level that a lot of vaccines are, but that's not true. So they people were like, oh, it was expedited and it went so quickly. That, like, how do we know? But like, they still used the same testing numbers and things like that. They still obviously have to go through the right processes. So I think it's a lot of combating disinformation that has to be done.
0: That's a really great point, Emma. Actually, um, when you look at the, the numbers, the sheer volume of people that were involved in this... Um, they're actually involved in the testing it's It actually has exceeded what most vaccines um, the the numbers that are typically in their respective um, uh, the test groups. And so I think like you said, we we're constantly battling um, disinformation and misinformation. Um, yeah, that's pretty devastating, and I think that that's why it's important for us to keep having these conversations and having them in public spaces. And in public forums, so that people can, um, they can start to collect information. Like, like let's let's know the truth and not the fiction or the, the the whatever other people want us to actually hear. Like we're actually listening to what what the truth is. Um, and for those people that are interested in, and really want to learn more about what's going on. In terms of our the the vaccine campaign i just encourage you to check out your your state um websites um they all have a um they all have various websites that specifically articulate what's going on um go and look at your local county government website it tells you exactly where they are in their um in the process you know like Taylor made mention of 1B, you know, the 1B group. So it kind of tells you like where the, the county government might be in that, in that process and where you might fit. What I also found is that a lot of folks think that, oh, I'm young, you know, maybe, maybe you're 19 and you're, and, um, and you think, oh, well, I'm not going to be eligible to get my vaccine until, you know, maybe late summer or early fall, but depending upon what you do, like if you work. At, you know, maybe you are a frontline worker, maybe you volunteer or actively serve and, and support senior citizens or those who are um, immunocompromised. You actually may be eligible and might be, might be higher up on that list for access and you don't even realize it. So I would definitely recommend you, um, you know, do what Taylor has suggested go to our um, our Q's website and check it out, like see where you fall, complete that quiz. Don't make the determination on your own based on what you think you might, you know what category you might fit into because who knows you may be eligible um, to get the vaccine. If you're so interested to do so, Um, you might be eligible to get the vaccine um, before um, other people. The other thing I want you to think about also is this whole concept and no one can see me except for maybe Kyle, but the one thing I want you to think about is this whole double masking situation um we're hearing that there's various there's different types of um uh versions of the um of the of covid now so we've got we have some mutations the one that's from great britain or they're calling it great britain but who knows really where it's come from it just mutated right that's the first place we saw it and then the first place that we saw the second mutation is in south africa and um so there's been some recommendations that people actually wear a double mask or have one that's a little bit more robust than a simple cloth mask. So I just highly recommend you consider that. The analogy that I heard today that I thought was really good is like imagine having a mask and like it's Swiss cheese, right? So there's certain particles that might get through your um your cloth mask, but then if you double mask and you've got two two layers of of Swiss te- cheese, the holes aren't in the exact same place, so that might block more of what you actually are experiencing. So I just encourage people to think about ways that they can be safe, they can be healthy, they can amplify um, their protection. So that's really what I wanted to focus on in this very first segment of our Wired podcast on WIDR, Kalamazoo Zone 89.1. We are so grateful that you've joined us today. Um, We're so fortunate to be able to have in our midst Uh, the presidents of the WSA, Taylor West, our VP for uh, political affairs, Emma Barada, and also our favorite host, Kyle Petronio. That's what I'm talking about. And of course, I am Dr. Luchara Wallace, the director of the Lewis Walker Institute. So if we were to move into our next segment, because there's always something to talk about, right? I don't know if you guys saw this week, but um, I want to talk about some of my favorite folks, Ben and Jerry. All right. So, you know, Ben and Jerry, um in addition to having like the most incredible ice cream in the world. Well, I mean, I mean maybe second only to Breyer's vanilla, but anyway, um but I love I love their their ice cream with a purpose. That's what I love. And um I mean, so what's your take on some of their latest statements that have been coming out about racial justice, democracy, you know, like what we need to do as a country, and what we need to do as a people to make our world a better place. What What are your thoughts on that?
1: I can kind of hop in here. Um, I haven't, you know, if I'm being completely honest, I haven't seen any of the recent communications regarding um, social and racial justice. However, I do recall back in the summer when a bunch of like organizations and departments were releasing statements. I remember Nickelodeon having their like 45 second, you know pause on the air and like everyone was like what like this is crazy and giving that awareness to that and then also Ben and Jerry I remember those two like a demonstration or um statements really stood out to me um in terms of like departments and like different orgs like releasing statements in reference to Black Lives Matter and everything and I'm right with you like I think it's just amazing that they're kind of being the champions of this and not like waiting for like to see what other you know you know, like Haagen-Dazs or like Briars and see what everyone else is doing. Instead, they're like, yep, you know, we're going to make a statement on it and we don't really care what happens. Like, we don't care if we lose like revenue or if people stop buying our ice cream and like, you know, and stuff like that. Like, they didn't care. And I appreciate their like courage to release statements regarding this because um, a lot of people eat Ben and Jerry's, you know, and, and, and now not saying like every time they look at the logo, like they think of the statement or they did, but they think of, you know, their position, you know, like for an opposition, like to Chick-fil-A, like people know like what their values and, and stuff are, you know, when it comes to the gay community and the LGBT community. Um, but going back to Ben and Jerry's, yeah, I I just, I will always remember that they had like the most awesome statement that came out from the Black Lives Matter movement and everything. But could you like provide more insight to what they've released like currently? And recently, for our listeners, sure.
0: So, um, what what I love about them is on their website, they're very clear about what we stand for, and I think that's pretty huge. So, they have a series of statements. That, I mean, they they're constantly updating. Like, they had a public statement that came out on January 11th, immediately following you know um, the riots at the Capitol. Um, most recently, you know, they have talked about. Um, the executive orders from um, President Joe Biden from January 26 that talked about how he was choosing to end contracts with um, private prison companies. But he they're, But what they're doing is they're acknowledging they're like, yeah, that's great. That's a small first step because we have to remember that most prisons are actually not run by the federal government. They're actually in fact run by states. And so most states still have um, contracts with private prisons. And You know, when you are in private industry, the way that you make money is to get more of whatever or to sell more of whatever your product is. And if you are a prison, the way you make money is to have more people brought to your prison that you're responsible for. And so what they're saying is um, in their statement, it said um, that, yes, um, ending contracts with some private prison companies is an important small step, but it doesn't include private ICE immigration detention centers, and other elements of our system that continue to maintain our country's racist systems of mass incarceration and so you know i have a heart for addressing issues around mass incarceration whether it's for adults or juveniles and i just thought that it was pretty stinking awesome um, or pretty sweet because we're talking about ben and jerry's ice cream it was pretty sweet that they um you know wanted to step up and take like take a strong position on this
3: yeah i just uh i didn't even know about this but i kind of looked back on their website um where they're talking about like issues we care about and racial justice was the one thing that came up and i just wanted to like share a little bit from directly from their website um about yeah (laughs) so it, it, it basically just says um when we took a stand in support of the black lives matter movement we received a massive response mostly of overwhelming support but also mixed with misunderstanding um, sincere questions and sadly some hatred but one thing became clear it started a conversation so i think you know having your your foot in that world is um I, I guess for calling it for what it is like the corporate world in a way um being able to set set the stage for other companies or set an example i think we'd mentioned this before um to just stand in solidarity i mean that's that's really it's a good first step but I think I still think there's a lot of work to be done I mean there always is really but
1: yeah and we like learned especially over the summer with like you know um, social media kind of calling out people who weren't you know posting or for people who weren't saying anything kind of just like flying under the radar and for Ben and Jerry's like to come out and say something and like show their stance and their values without like you know, fear of revenue and stuff. Like, I, I, and I briefly remember um, in the summer, maybe someone could clarify, but like Amazon maybe had released a Black Lives Matter, like something. And I remember Jeff Bezos was like, yeah, like if you don't want to buy our products anymore, like off with you or something like that. So for, for for, and maybe that was just a weird fever dream and maybe that didn't really happen. But but, um, um, but I, I really like appreciate comp especially big companies like that putting out their stance and saying like, okay, well, like if you're not, you know hopping on the train to change then like, we're gonna leave you behind um, and kind of having and using that influence and like, well, I'm gonna get into this later cause I have a couple movies recommendations for everyone listening. Cause we like to talk about like, you know spreading the knowledge, but um, like in using their platform to influence um, kind of the commonality and like conversation that's happening in the nation is like great, and I hate that like the Black Lives Matter movement and like Black Lives Mattering in general has become so political, but at this point we kind of just have to like use the platforms that we have and be strategic about raising the awareness and we were, we've been talking about this in my social work class this past week with Dr. Cooney about how like social media has, you know, is, it has a lot of downsides. Yes, and we've talked about that obviously, these, but um, also is so beneficial in the point that it's a tool to raise awareness. Like and it may not necessarily fix everything, but at least like compared, you know, even the sixties and the fifties where, you know, my mom living in Battle Creek, you know, had no idea about the Detroit riots you know, happening like so far, like she had no idea that was all happening, because we didn't have that tool to spread awareness. So I'm appreciative that, you know, our technological advances have advanced exponentially to the point where we can use this as a platform, um, kind of adversing other harmful side effects, but that's besides the point.
3: (laughs) So I wanted, go ahead.
2: I was just going to kind of chime in because um, like thinking about just like corporations and their like role, Um, throughout the summer, throughout Black Lives Matter movements, and kind of with activism in general, is that I'm always kind of one to put critiques on capitalism. I'm always one to kind of look at capitalism with a critical lens. Um, And I, so for me, when I see messages like this, I'm always like, okay, now put your money where your mouth is. Like, what is, you have this messaging and this messaging is great because it's important to get it out. But then what are you doing from there and so I think with Ben and Jerry's something I don't know specifically where their money is going with in terms of Black Lives Matter and racial justice initiatives but I do know just from their history as a company they've really been committed to activism from the start like their two founders are kind of like these two like counterculture guys from Vermont and they started their company like just thinking about what they do as a company, like the reason their ice cream is expensive is because they pay their workers and the reason that like, like I know my Congresswoman back home she was the youngest black woman to ever be elected to Congress, and so they actually made her an ice cream flavor while she was campaigning and the pro from that ice cream flavor went back into her campaign they chose like I think seven different congressional races that year I don't know that they've continued to do that I would assume they have but from climate change issues to women's rights to different things they've consistently like made it a priority and not just been like okay we made an ice cream flavor to spread awareness they've also kind of put their money into it and so for me, like, that's kind of my critical lens whenever looking at these corporations is like, it's great that you're like, I guess they love to be like, we're in with the struggle and we're in with all these things. And that's awesome. But like, you know, you have the power and you have buying power. And like, I guess I we I had another conversation about this and thinking about this movement to put Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. And there's a lot of conversation around that, not to kind of shift gears, but that's kind of been a really a big conversation this week, too, because Biden has said that he's going to commit to pushing that forward. And so I think the stance that I've agreed with a lot is like, you know, no one's going to be upset to see that. I mean, you should be upset to see that happen. You know, much better to see her that people are upset, for sure. I would say for me personally, would certainly rather see um, someone who worked to free slaves on a dollar bill than someone who was a slave master. Um, And but I think
0: Think about the people that have most of the $20 bills.
2: I'm just very, saying, Very, very, very good man. point. Very good point. And I think that the argument to be made there is like, it's all great for them to do that kind of performative act of putting her on the $20 bill. But what are they doing to invest that money back into Black Americans? What are they doing to have that $20 bill make a difference? Because it doesn't matter who's on it. It's about like the power that it has. So I think it's kind of the same it's a similar like parallel structure of it's not just about what you say, it's about what you do.
0: That's a really good point. And I think that you, you brought up a couple of key issues. One, I can't tell you exactly all the organizations that Ben and Jerry has, or Ben and Jerry's as a company has um, collectively supported. Um, I'll have to do some more research on that one. But I can tell you that Ben and Jerry's is what's known as, um, they have a corporate certification called, a, they're a certified B Corp corp and uh, that basically means they are a benefit corporation and i've been on some calls um, over the past you know year or so that have really tried to push more businesses that have a connection to social responsibility to adopt you know to go through this b corp certification process and i can say that ben and jerry's is one of the first ones to actually go through that process and be certified as a B Corp. And they really have to prove and show where their money goes, what they're supporting, what is the purpose. And for them, it's not just Black Lives Matter, right? It's not, it's, it's um, um, climate justice. We we're talking about sustainability, um, refugee rights. Um, like it's, So there's so much that they are, there's so many different but connected um areas of focus that they have that I just wanted to I just wanted to lift that this week because um yeah as I read about Ben and Jerry's I just think that sometimes they're unsung heroes that are really trying to make a difference and I just want to understand what's going on up there in Vermont that makes everybody so stinking progressive I mean like Bernie's from Vermont Ben and Jerry's is from Vermont well but but think about (laughs) it I mean but Bernie, Bernie was in politics. I mean, Ben and Jerry's has been around for like thirty years. Oh, yeah, we're not gonna talk about how long ago that is. But um, they've been around for a long time, and so that's before Bernie was even in politics, I think. And um, and so it's like, and I know some when I look at some of like the disability rights movements and activism in the state of Vermont, it's like top notch. I mean, not saying that Michigan isn't the bomb, but I'm just saying they didn't storm their camp anyway, so so I don't know I just thought I'd bring that up because I thought that was a kind of cool um just something to think about something to consider you know, um but kind of... anyway so what were you saying Kyle I'm sorry no, I was just
3: gonna say it's kind of funny because like I've been I don't know pondering places I'd like enjoy moving to and Vermont actually was definitely one of those I'm like I I just feel like that would be a cool place to be but um, the other thing too, I wanted to point out like a while back was, um, cause I'm, I, <laughs> I'm, t- I tend to be cynical before, uh, what's the word before proven innocent. I don't know, just with all of the chaos of the past four years. So I think it's, it's kind of tainted my perception a little bit, but you know, it the, the question I always ask is like, you know, if we are being performative, like where's that line, um, to where you can tell it's genuine. And I guess for the case of Ben and Jerry's, like you explained, you know, they actually have a certification that basically requires them to um, not be just performative, I guess. So it's, it's just an interesting thing to think about, um, or another thing to add to the table, I suppose.
0: Now, that's a good point. Like, you know, like Emma said, we want people to put their money where their mouth is. And uh, I think that's what we're, we're seeking our businesses to do. And also that's something that we are seeking our own university to do as well. So um, it's kind of exciting when we, when we start to learn and just be more intentional with those things that we are paying attention to, it it heightens our awareness and helps us to understand when we're fighting for things or when we are making demands that, that we can be clear about what we're asking for and be able to point to other people that are doing exactly what we're asking to be done. So it's not impossible.
3: Yeah, most definitely. And I think, That will change. I mean, all you need is one. You need one person, one organization to start something and then, you know, bandwagon effect.
0: Gotta love it. That is fantastic. Um, Everybody, you're listening to the Wired podcast on 89.1 WIDR, Kalamazoo's own. And we're just so excited um, to be here today. We've had a pretty awesome conversation. We, as you know, we kind of bounce around with different topics, but we've got to keep it We've got to keep you on your toes, so you can never predict exactly what we're going to talk about one podcast to another. Um, as we get ready to transition out for today, um, Taylor, tell us like what's up? What what should we be watching right now? What's hot? Oh my gosh!
1: I'm listen. Every if, write these titles down because I'm so pumped about them. Not pumped, but like it just it's great. So first, the first movie is One Night in Miami. Um, you can find that on Amazon Video. Um, It's free if you have, you know, if you have that platform, but that like, y'all, let me just tell you, this movie was great. I was, everyone kept telling me to, you know, check it out. And I was like, you know, I'll start it. I thought it was a show, but it's actually a movie, a film. Um, And so I started at like one in the morning and my eyes were glued the entire time. So it's a story about, you know, about what the title says, one night in Miami, um, a group of, you know, famous, you know, Black leaders at the time, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, who was a singer, um, Muhammad Ali, and Jim Brown, who was a famous NFL star. Um, and it's just about this one night in this hotel room after Muhammad Ali has, you know, just been declared the champion. Um, and it's, and this is what I was talking about earlier when people, you know, use their platforms for influence. And then, but these, you know, you know, famous black influencers also had influence on each other. And when you all watch it, you're going to see, you know, those, you know, tiffs between Malcolm X and Sam cook and I think many of you are going to resonate with what each of them said and kind of you can see where they're getting into disagreements and stuff like that. But it was just so monumental to see how they all had influences on each other without us even realizing it. Um, so I don't know if anyone on the on the call has has seen that movie but it's literally so amazing it's like an hour and a half maybe um
3: what's yeah it's really what's really funny is that when uh we did I think it was actually the first WSAR this semester uh myself you and Chris actually or I think I brought that up during the MLK day segment and I'm like oh I feel bad we're not talking about MLK but it's it's just funny that you bring it up because I've, i that's been on my list as well.
1: Oh, oh mate. And Kyle, we're going to talk about it after you watch it. But like once you all watch it, it's, you're going to be like, wow, like I'm inspired. Um, Leslie Odom Jr. is, I love him. Um, he plays Sam Cooke and he just has the most beautiful voice. He makes great Christmas albums, but he just has, you know, a soulful and spiritual experience. It's just an experience watching it. So I recommend that. Second movie, jot this down, The Butler, Lee Daniels, The Butler, um, that came out in 2013. Um, Some of you may have seen it. Um, It follows a boy all the way from, you know, the fields back in slavery and, you know, people, you know, were getting to be free, but it follows his journey um, through that time, like watching his father get shot, you know, and dying right in front of him, all the way to seeing our, first black president and it's very very monumental and it explains everything in the civil rights area era from freedom riders to um march on washington to you know uh sit-ins at the diners everything was just covered and then through this character you know he ended up being a butler in the white house and was basically the right hand to like all of the presidents like from johnson to reagan to kennedy it was just like so so great and very emotional that's a little bit of a longer film so like two hours and a half um But it's very like, and I don't want to like educate people on like, I mean, I do want to educate people on the black experience, but if you just watch the Butler, you're going to get it. Cause you see the sides of, you know, older the older black community um, and them kind of like looking at the progressive, you know, black community going like, oh, just, just keep your head down. Like, why are you trying to be so crazy? Like, you know, you know where you fit in the world like just remain calm. And then the other half of it's like, uh, no i'm tired of being treated like this they're killing us down the street which is so relevant today um and so it's just very those are the two movies i recommend that you all watch um because you'll get you know better clarity on kind of where we started and what's continuously happening today um and seeing those very very close parallels
3: i have one more moonlight because that like it's about a gay black man So you have these two compounding uh, complexities in society, I suppose, like, you know, being Black is already difficult, but being gay and Black is just, like, unthinkable for a lot of people. So um, that would be another one I would definitely recommend as from the perspective of a white person, because it was just very illuminating and, like, took me directly into the world. Um, So yeah.
0: Um, So I... I don't know that I've seen the butler. I'm going to have to check that one out. It's actually based on a true story that I do know. And, and so that's what makes it even more like compelling. So I'm going to put that on my list of things to do this weekend, going to watch the butler. Um, I saw part of, um, one night in Miami and that I had to hop on another call. I I know kind of crazy, but I, yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the end. I I've gotten through the middle. So I, I, I gotta I gotta get to the last half of it. So yes, we'll we'll chat on that. So Kyle, you gotta watch it. Emma, you gotta watch it too. So we can talk about it. Um and, and we'll even have a warning for our, our listeners so that she'll know we'll spoiler say spoiler hey. alert. Spoiler alert coming up. So yeah, we'll get ready for that. But Moonlight, I've not watched that, even though it's one
3: it's like a yeah. Grammy
0: or Emmy or oh, Emmy.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Like, if you wow. like
3: cinematography at all. Like it's just it's such a pretty film and also just there's this element of it's a reinforced theme throughout the film. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's it's like stillness and you know you're like catching the breeze essentially. And I just I don't know I love that film so much and I was terrified to watch it for a long time because I'm like uh, like I don't know I don't even know why I was scared of it. I just I just didn't want to. So I would definitely recommend. It. Yeah, I know so- it's pretty
2: heavy, but I because it's kind of a coming of age story like through his life. I haven't personally seen it I've seen the butler if you haven't seen it you definitely need to watch it I watched it like as a kid with my family like when it came out but like I still remember like watching it and kind of seeing it then so I think rewatching it now would be like worth doing but I'm excited to see one night in Miami too my, my mom texted me and was like we watched this the other night you have to watch it I think you'll really like it so well I think we should definitely have a discussion on it next week. All right, let's do it. We'll make that happen.
0: It's funny, my daughter turned 16 this weekend and we told her that as a part of her 16th birthday celebration is we're gonna sit down and we're gonna watch movies all Sunday after church, but all Sunday, we're going to watch movies because they're movies that she hasn't seen yet. And we're like, how did you not see that? Like, this is a part of our cultural upbringing and then she reminds us, well, you haven't shown them to me. And so we're like, oh, well, I guess we're gonna have to make sure that we, I know, right? (laughs) <laughs> oh my
1: gosh I'm totally yep I'm with you
0: like and your you child calls you out <laughs> yeah she called us out I was like well but the but you know there's some things you know like a color purple and do the right thing and 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 yeah you know, there's some movies that you can't be a certain age and watch them like you know like no, one night can't. in Miami <laughs> you can't watch <laughs> like my husband tried to start watching it with our nine-year-old son he's like oh yeah no too much profanity so yeah
1: yep Yep That's and kind of kind of going back to one night in Miami I just have a really like fun story my mom's probably going to kill me for for sharing it but whatever um so every time I watch anything on Muhammad Ali I just like I'm not like not negatively traumatized but I'm traumatized cuz all I think of is my mom um so just background my mom was a um model a part of the Ebony Fashion Fair in the 60s and so you know she pop in whatever hang out with the temptations yada yada and you know she was in the club with her friends um and she's just you know on the back wall smoking a cigarette like everyone would do during that time and Muhammad Ali walks in and you know everyone's like oh my gosh you know Muhammad Ali and you know him being the, you know very arrogant and you know and for those who watch One Night in Miami you're gonna know what I'm talking about and you can probably hear it but um, you know he was like getting you know the hype up or whatever, and then made eye contact with my mom, and she just was not really caring. So he walked over to her, and literally said, "So you don't find me attractive?" And she's like, "What are you talking about?" You know, just kind of not bothered. And he ends up taking her by her shoulders, putting her up against the wall, and kissing her. And he and then like put her back down, and she white. And here I'm gonna turn my camera on so you can see. But she takes her hand and wipes her mouth, and I was like, "Mom." You did not do that to Muhammad Ali. She's like, sure did. I was like, I, I didn't give him permission to kiss me. I'm like, sure. Yep, yeah, you didn't, you know? Um, and so that was just a crazy story. And so now every time I see anything about Muhammad Ali, and when my dad was still alive, we'd always make um, jokes and be like, hey, your boyfriend's on the screen or something like that. So that's just like a little tidbit, um, fun story that I wanted to share.
0: Wow. Okay. And our connections to history continue. I mean, this is amazing. But yeah, that, that's pretty offensive. And that is the kind of stuff that. Folks would do so. Yeah, that's why we #hashtag me too. Just, um, yeah, but um, thank you for for sharing that and lifting that up. That connection, um, y'all, you are listening to WIDR eighty nine point one, the Wired Podcast. Um, we are just so excited again to have um the president of WSA Taylor West and the vice president for um political affairs Emma Barada and um wider's <laughs> own Kyle Petronio on this week's conversation. Um as we wrap up, I just want to know is does anybody have any parting words as we prepare um to sign off for today?
1: Um just for everyone listening, continue to stay updated with the things happening in the nation. Biden has um really been putting in some work you know this this last week in reversing a lot of the things the Trump administration administration did. Um, that were harmful for a lot of the communities in the United States. So I just recommend everyone stay updated to see if any of those things affect you directly. Um, I know he's really making advancements for college students when it comes to loans and stuff. So that would be good information to stay privy to. Um, And, you know, just continue to express your voice the way you want to, you know, lean into that uncomfortability, lean into that courage um, and continue to expand your growth mindset and do not stay in your fixed mindset because that does not help you and it does not help people around you. And I'm going to continue to preach that until we get it through our scope.
2: I would also- Sorry. (laughs) um, I'll just tag one really small thing on to Taylor's point about staying up to date with current events is also stay critical, just because the person who you wanted to get into office did does not mean that we should stop critiquing our politicians and analyzing the things that they do and make sure that they're representing us the way we want to be represented. So always look at politics with a critical eye. That's my parting advice.
3: And my parting advice would be start setting boundaries because you know, it's, it's 2021, you should just start doing it. I feel like, (laughs) especially if you haven't. And uh, yeah, that enough said.
1: Yeah, I really want to echo that boundaries is also such a such an important thing. I feel like, you know, people don't really take boundaries seriously. But if you know your boundaries for yourself and boundaries of other people that can eliminate a lot of mishaps and so if you don't know how to set boundaries for yourself like please go do that research because it's so crucial personally I'm on the process of being okay with my boundaries and continuing to set them in all relationships that I have and it's not bad so if anyone tells you that it's bad direct them to me so I can educate them but um or Kyle because he knows too
3: (laughs) I mean I I wouldn't say I'm a person to uh talk to on boundaries but I would definitely say uh educate yourself on it (laughs)
0: As always, you're dropping some knowledge and you heard some knowledge right here on the WIRED podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, definitely, please listen to um, the recommendations that were offered in terms of ways we should look at our politics, the ways we should stay critical and the ways we should set our boundaries. And also, I hope so within that boundary that you choose to watch some of those films that we've suggested today so that you can participate in our discussion next week where we will talk about one night in Miami. And if we can get to the Butler and um, Moonlight, we'll talk about those too. But anyway, it's, uh, this is Dr. Luchara Wallace from the Lewis Walker Institute. We are signing out.